Welcome to Living Southern Oregon, a podcast dedicated to discovering and exploring all Southern Oregon has to offer. I'm your host, Simona Fino, and I will be introducing you to the people who live here, the things they love, and what makes Southern Oregon a magical place to call home. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Living Southern Oregon. Today, I have with me Kimber Paris Bartman, who, along with her husband, David Bartman, is the co-owner and co-brewer of a mom-and-pop brewery, Art Bop Beer Company. Kimber is also a volunteer with the Talent Public Arts Committee. She moved to Southern Oregon in 2009, just after graduating with a degree in philosophy and ethics, and has been living in Talent Ashland area for nearly 13 years. So welcome. I'm so happy that you're here. Yes, me too. I'm excited to talk all things art and music and beer, and you've got a fabulous thing going on there. Thank you. So I want to hear, though, first, your journey. How'd you end up in Southern Oregon? Well, I originally wanted to go to U of O to continue my education in philosophy. Um, One of my uh, mentors has lots of colleagues at the U of O in the philosophy department and the typical philosophy that I like to study. Um, And once I established residency, I found myself... Um, stuck in Southern Oregon because it's so amazing here. <laughs> so I never made it to U of O, but um, yet there's always a yet, you know. <laughs> so where did you move from? I moved from uh, South Carolina, just north of Charleston, okay. um, in between Myrtle Beach and Charleston, um, and I uh, traveled by car in a little Volkswagen Jetta, packed my things, and and headed west. Um, and never look back, really. I mean, I visit, I visit, mm-hmm. but yeah, I love it. Oh, that's a huge shift. Yes, <laughs> yes. Definitely needed. Definitely needed a little. Needed a little more liberation and freedom from from the um, just kind of like the rigid, uh, more rigid ideology of Southern thinking. Let's yeah. just say. <laughs> I totally understand. Yes. And is that where you were born and raised? Um, yes, I was, well, I was born in North Carolina, um, a lot of people have heard of Asheville, a couple of hours from Asheville called High Point, North Carolina, um, but I moved shortly thereafter, around two years old, to the coast of South Carolina. Okay, so yeah. that was, that was your home base, the Carolinas. Yep, the coast right. of the Carolinas. And yeah. then you got to Oregon, and now you are here, stuck by choice, though. <laughs> yeah, stuck by choice, for sure. Excellent. <laughs> All right, well, tell me a little bit about Art Bop Beer. So Art Bop Beer Company, we'll start with the brand. It is, uh, first and foremost, uh, a celebration of art, and we as one of our crafts, um, make beer, and that beer supports all the other crafts up our sleeves, and then also the community. It's very community and art-oriented in as far as that the environment is not quite your typical brewery environment. It's not like that industrial feeling you get when you walk into a brewery. It's more, you know, open-minded, rainbow-colored gardens, tucked about and just um, 
a space for creativity and to hope to encourage creativity. We have DIY merchandise and my husband and I create all of our own merchandise for the brewery, which is very unusual. And most of all of that stems from wanting to support talent's vision of sustainability and moving in a direction where as a business we can source things ethically. Um, mm -hmm. Anywhere from the wood from our beer garden was recycled, 178 pallets we recycled, denailed, to you know, recycling our grain bags for trash. We just try to make it as sustainable as possible. And through that, we feel that handcrafting small batches of merchandise beer, that we can continue to be conscious of our business model and the way it moves forward. On that layer, we definitely wanted to support people who are also crafting and making, and the makers of doers of talent, which talent was already moving towards that direction, and we just really wanted to be community-minded and lift that part of the town up, essentially. So did you already have a background in art? And that so it sounds almost like that's been in your blood for a while, just hearing Well, creativity you talk, right? like, definitely exudes from everything that I do. Um, I originally started drawing and writing poetry um, as a small child. My grandmother taught me how to draw. And then around sixth grade, my I was in art, and then my other elective had to be something, and my friend said, hey, you know, we don't have to write papers if we sing in this choir. And I said, okay, that sounds great. <laughs> so my friend talked me into singing, and then I ended up moving forward in my life singing and playing music, essentially. Um, and that took me all the way until, well, it's taken me my, through my entire life journey. Um, when I moved here, I played on the streets. I met other people in art museums. They wanted me to play at art galleries and gatherings. And so that was kind of my, my main expression of art is through singing and songwriting. Um, and then that ended up getting me involved in local bands. That's where I met my husband. And we, in the end, started handcrafting beer for our music rehearsals <laughs> and so that's kind of where our love for crafting beer started we were like oh we can make our own beer for rehearsals and higher quality beers and you know beer with flavor that's one thing that Artbox stands by is the beer is high quality malts and has a lot more flavor than your typical beers that you would see on the market in most breweries so mm -hmm. yeah excellent yeah and so tell me a little bit about some of the merchandise and how that because you're saying you make it all yourself like what kinds of things are you creating and who are you're both doing that yeah so my husband is a woodworker um he makes hand crafted coasters i make uh screen printed t-shirts with him i also hand dye the t-shirts I've been um, a jewelry maker for a large part of my life as well, so there's a whole selection of jewelry that I've handcrafted. And then we have, you know, DIY markers and hats that you can color and draw on. And from there, we kind of just bring in different uh, crafts uh, per year. So this year, we're having a huge coaster drawing art project, and all these coasters are going on the refrigerator. It's really beautiful. And um, yeah, so it's just like a constant flow of creativity while drinking beer or uh -huh. whatever beverage of choice. We have a couple of uh, other options. Right. <laughs> so it's not just beer. Yes, yes. I love it. Yeah. And you are also part of the talent, what was it? The talent uh, public arts committee 
tell me more about that. I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, so it's essentially a, a city council, and it's a volunteer position, and uh, it's a gathering of elected local artists who have kind of a similar vision in mind for the city of talent. And then there's a small city budget in which we vote on to promote art in the community. And um, we do things like take and make kits with competitions where you can win gift cards to Scrappy Craft, our local craft store, and all the way to just supporting other people's events by bringing sidewalk chalk or coloring materials. We're just a committee that is dedicated to pursuing art in the community. So it just, it's almost like another extension of the thing I wanted to do with my business. And I thought, well, I could help with my volunteer hours by extending what I know and giving that to the community of talent. Yeah. yeah. How long have they been around then? Is that part it's of It's been the... around for a long time. It did kind of fizzle out due to COVID, but it has been around for quite a long time. I think maybe a decade, maybe okay. a decade. So pretty um, established. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And so doing community events and that kind of thing, I would imagine they're getting involved in mm-hmm. as, a, as an organization. Yep. Yep. We um, just helped install the world's smallest park. Um, which is going to be, I think, number one in the Guinness Book of World Records. Really? That's what we're going for. Ah, but yeah. the world's smallest park. It's <laughs> very, it's probably, I, you know, I don't even know the dimensions because I, I'm more like on the other side of like groundwork. I show up with the tents and I put on the thing, but it's a very small like gated tiny park maybe six feet by five feet and then it's surrounded by mosaic um tiles that were built by our town mosaic artist who's uh pretty famous her name's karen rychek and so there's just this tiny little park that is smaller than the park of portland and the i'm not sure i think the release date or there should be some event on facebook if you go to the city of talent where you can come to the uh gathering of the opening of said park it's coming soon soon. yes yes do you know if that's like in in july in the next couple weeks okay yes then we're gonna maybe we'll get this this podcast episode out in time for people to (laughs) (laughs) that's so cool the world's smallest park yes (laughs) parklet yes the parklet (laughs) very cool and so that's in downtown area Mm -hmm. that's in downtown and then we also supported the marimba making at talent maker city where they're putting in a marimba in the park that's painted rainbow and we just we have a lot of different facets of art in the community that we can help other people who have ideas. So Mm -hmm. if anyone is interested in, you know, doing some sort of art project in talent, they're more than welcome to go to the city of talent and click on talent public arts committee. And and we will hear that out and try to make all of the art dreams come true in talent. So yes, yes. And then, uh, your, so you've combined those two beautifully with having a business. How has that been after fires and stuff? I think you, you came onto the scene after that, which is because you're right in that little section by Clyde's. Am I right? Um, we are born, uh, just the North lot of Camelot theater. Camelot. Yeah. So we are across the street from the grotto, uh, Wagner Plaza. 
on the north side of the Camelot Theater. And so we were about 500 feet-ish from the Burns car. Um, we actually had finalized our fifth and final license through the federal government and got our brewer's notice, which means that we could start crafting the beer a week before the fire. Um, we had been building there for almost two years at that point because there's a lot of bureaucracy that goes behind uh, crafting alcohol. Um, there's a lot of um, applications you have to do, you know, interviews and that kind of thing. It's almost like joining the Secret Service. <laughs> so that took a while, and we also had day jobs. We we're totally mom and pop, you know, we didn't come in with a huge inheritance or anything. We had day jobs. And then literally a week before the fire, that's when we got our notice. And that was the Labor Day weekend, so our family came down and said, you know, let's not brew, and thank goodness, because we took a few months off once the fire happened. My husband and I helped at the mutual aid um, to try to help rebuild and at least keep morale as high as possible. And, uh, yeah, we were, we were definitely very lucky to still be there. And at some point... The community just kept saying, would you just make us beer? Like, we really need a beer at this point. We've worked so hard through all of this struggle and this disaster. And so we were like, okay, let's do it. And as soon as that happened, everything shut down because of COVID. And it was outside only. So essentially, we had a little lemonade stand. And we were like, we have beer. It's for free. Just taste it. At least you'll know that we're here. And we slowly built from there. We, we just kept saying... We have to keep the hope up, and especially with the amazing people in our community who were just so supportive and who came out and, you know, through struggle still showed a face of, op you know, optimism and hope. And, you know, that's what pulled us through, and hopefully we pulled other people through by having an outdoor beer garden. It is definitely a foresight of COVID. It isn't something that we said, oh, COVID happened, let's do all outside. We just love being outside. We have worked in kitchens that are as tiny as this little place we're in now. And we're like, you know, we want to be outside. If we have to be there every day, we want to be outside. We want to see this beautiful view. And so it ended up working out in our benefit um, to have the space that we have. And we just grew from there with, like, open arms and, and, and inclusivity and the rainbow with the two beers connected by the rainbow, that's our brand. That was a symbol of hope as an afterthought before the fire happened. We had already had that brand. It just is way more powerful and meaningful now to us after everything we've been through, yeah. um, pandemic and natural disaster-wise. So. Yeah. Well, you're clearly a force in the community, because I'll tell you that in a lot of my interviews that I've been doing, your company, your business comes up oh, frequently fun. in your name, So, Yay. it's which is great. I love it. When I start to hear, you know, the same, it's like, okay, I got to circle up, yeah. <laughs> which is wonderful. So, you're, you're doing it right. Thank you. That's that really wonderful to, to see and hear. Yeah. Well, having been here for 13 years, now you're primarily, you've lived Talent, Ashland area. Mm -hmm. you, you chose that area, I'm assuming, initially because of school, but tell me what you love about it and what are some of the places that you love to frequent or what you love about that area in particular? When I first moved here, what kind of captured me was just the undying love of the arts, especially in Ashland mm -hmm. and Talent, and just the people who supported that kind of that renaissance feeling of music being everywhere and every 
place on the streets. And then Shakespeare was actually a, a really a literature in high school that I was obsessed with. I loved Shakespeare. I had no idea that Ashley even had this world-renowned Shakespearean thing going on until I landed a work trade to move to Oregon, and it was just where I ended up. And then I was like, Shakespeare? I love Shakespeare. So that really kept me around. So the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, I just absolutely love, and the community was built upon that and that Renaissance feeling. And then from there, the Talent Maker City, was just like an idea that I feel like not just I feel like, but everyone in this community feels like we needed that. That was like a great thing that we needed. And the Talent Maker City has all the tools for crafting and all of the knowledge and a resource of teachers that teach everyone how to make, you know, anything that they can think of as far as crafting goes. And I just think that is such an amazing nonprofit or business model. And they started out just doing community work and now they're doing nonprofit and helping out the Rise and Rebuild program to like help the community rebuild from the fires and things. So I just love Talent Maker City and let's see. What else do I love to do? I really love um Chozu Japanese bath and gardens. It's a wonderful place to be. Um, yeah. when you do, when you can't get out to the rivers and then of course, you know, the beautiful thing about Southern Oregon is that it feels so community minded when you get into these little hubs, but then 10, 15 minutes and you're in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I really, really think that humans really need to learn to connect to nature more and the happier I I feel happier when I am connected to said mm-hmm. nature. And I and it's one of those pleasures that you can't get enough of and it's not bad for you. Right. you know? So why so why not protect and preserve? And that's and that's something I love about Southern Oregon is that there are these people, rogue action, rogue climate, they're all protecting and preserving all of our kind of outside of our, you know, human goals which are more city-minded and that kind of thing, what we're doing. But then 10 minutes from here, you can get away from all of that. Um, No reception, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was just at Squaw Lake this last weekend, and Mm. I love having no reception. (laughs) I recently found out that Squaw Lake is one of the six lakes up in the skyline wilderness that is the cleanest water in the world, actually. The purest water in the world, so... It's a magical place. It is. It is so beautiful. That water is lovely to swim in. Yeah. It's the perfect temperature. Yeah. It's not too cold. Yeah. Yeah. It's not warm. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And I think that that point about nature is really important. I know when I first moved here, that was the, the pretty much the main reason is I was wanting what I called my reverse commute instead of being in a city and urban area and commuting every weekend to get away somewhere beautiful and going into nature. I now live in nature and now I commute down (laughs) to the cities every so often to get my city fix. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, you know, the Japanese have that thing of the forest bathing Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, it's going out and being in the forest. That's it. That's what that is. Mm -hmm. But science has proven that being in nature just Sitting in it, sitting out in that open space is so important to our overall well-being. So Mm -hmm. it is really nice having 
that I agree. Yeah. And going back to Art Pop, like, we have a very small kind of square footage for a brewery, for a typical brewery, um, but we really fit in gardening into it. And I'm a jolly English lady with my, you know... <laughs> gardening obsession but that actually uh, is psychologically proven to improve mental health and so to be able to like create this garden and then also extend that feeling to the to the community um, is something that's really important to us as well and important to the city of talent as we are B city USA and I think we have like the most pollinator gardens of mm -hmm. any city in the United States so that's super important to everyone and I think extending that to people who are in a drinking environment is something that we need um, because you know we, we can get wild at Art Pop we don't get too wild but on the, the daily basis I like for it to be a, an oasis of natural things and you see the bugs crawling and you know the, the flowers blooming and there's always some sort of spectacle going on with something that has just bloomed and um, in the winter you know we try to do some evergreens and stuff but I think that's really important is connecting people to gardens and nature and we do that as, at Art Pop as well Excellent. Yeah. I love it. Who doesn't love a beautiful garden? I mean, yes. there's just, and again, one of the, big, like you said, that we have so many of them. And I do love that there are places that you can go and dine and sit outside and be in nature. I mean, even in Ashland, just along the creeks. Mm -hmm. And oh, being able to beautiful. sit along the creek side is so special. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing those. Are there any other places? I, I always love to highlight small businesses like yeah. yourself. You yeah. know, so this is one of the, you're, like I said, your name kept coming yeah. up. Yeah. Um, so are there any other businesses that you can think well, of? That I you're... love Melody at the Oregon Cheese mm -hmm. Game. She curates our cheese boards, and she's ah, just the okay. most fun French lady. And you just go in there, and she always has something that feels decadent and a little naughty because it's just so delicious, like her triple creams and her double creams. Um, I love that business. And and then, you know, uh, Common Block Brewing Company, they're doing great things. They're, they're an inspiration. can't think of the guy who owns it off the top of my head, but my friend Gina, who's been helping him out for many, many years. Um, they're just doing a great job, and they build everything by hand, and they're, they're awesome mm -hmm. as well. Um, let's see. So we do have a brew dog and we also have a beer garden that it's, that you're allowed to have dogs in brewing. You don't have to have any sort of like food handling or agriculture. Um, so you can actually have dogs inside of your brewery, outside of your brewery. So we're dog friendly okay. and a street pet wellness on a street, uh, Billy Joe there. She is an amazing animal whisperer and she also just provides such a holistic approach to care for pets and I just think that they're a great pet store and it's right there across from the range and she's just got everything that your pet can need from vitamins to treats yeah you know, I love her so excellent yeah oh, that's yes. a good one yeah wonderful yeah. Well, thank you. I yes. really appreciate you coming and sharing, and I'm super excited to go check it out. So for listeners, I have not yet had the opportunity. I was actually going to go tonight, but you're not open, which is probably why you're able to even be here with me yes, right now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. I, will, I will get over there because I love gardens, and just everything that I keep hearing about is 
Sounds Yay. awesome. So yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right, everyone, we'll be back again next week. And until then, have a great one. This podcast is produced by Simona Fino and co-produced by James Dedakis and Jaded Media. Original music by Samuel Lawrence.